0: Hello and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast. I'm Helen and I'm joined by my co-host Sarah. Hi everyone. And we are here to talk to you about the ins and outs of squiggly careers and how you can develop the skills to succeed in your squiggly career, whatever that looks like for you through over the last 70 odd episodes now we've covered everything from interviews, how to find a job that you love, strengths, values, stress, lots and lots of different things and before we tell you uh, what we're going to be doing this week and get into the next half an hour I thought Sarah
1: what has your squiggly week been like? Oh we're actually going to pause for thought are we usually we sort of dive straight in. Straight in, straight in. I would say that my squiggly career is going well but there are lots of kind of factors as ever within our lives that are kind of impacting our careers and to kind of be more specific I actually did an Instagram post at the end of last week about which I called the stuff that doesn't make it onto social (laughs) (laughs) which uh, gives you a good indication that it was perhaps about some of the less positive things that happened to us in our week. And I'm a big fan of thinking about kind of work and life, not as two separate things, personally. I sort of don't almost associate with a kind of work-life balance phrase. I much prefer this kind of idea of work-life integration, which is perhaps only semantics, but I do feel like everything that I do all impacts... All of the other things, and so it 's good to kind of consider everything in the round and I shared some of my highlights last week, or I probably should call them low lights to be honest <laughs> of some of the things that do happen behind the scenes because I do get worried that sometimes people see you know this sort of shiny social, and yeah I, you know I would never want people to think that that we're kind of super women or get everything right every time. so if you would like to read a little bit about the things in my week that don 't usually make it onto social, check out my post from I think it was last Friday it starts talking about perspective and there's a picture of me and kind of a mirror. That was, I was quite proud of that, by the way. (laughs) I (laughs) loved that. I did think, how long (laughs) were you like, did you just see the mirror and think, perfect? I did like the mirror perspective, but
0: I also like the point that you mentioned, not to give too much away, but the fact that Sarah lost her bank card three times last week and that's pretty normal. I've been with Sarah when she's like sort of lost but then finds the bank card. I've seen that happen multiple times.
1: The one thing I would give a quick shout-out to um, in case people haven't read it and I'm really enjoying it, which is perhaps a strange word to use about the book given the content, but I'm just discovering Matt Haig. So Matt Haig wrote Reasons to Stay Alive, which I've not read yet but is on my bookshelf. But before that, I'm reading another book that he wrote last year called Notes on a Nervous Planet, it's a really easily digestible book and it's written in a really interesting way. It's kind of short and it's his sort of musings and his perspective on almost like modern life and what gets in our way, how we can succeed and and I think be happier. And there are so many things that I've been reading where I've thought, oh, that's really relevant to squiggly careers. So if you're looking for some inspiration generally for kind of how to maybe simplify your life and succeed within the environment that we all live in now which is super fast paced and loads of technology i really like how he's positive about those things but talks about how we have to almost like consciously curate our lives to make sure that things like technology work for us and not against us and he's very honest about some of the experiences that he's had and some of the challenges he's had in the past so um that's my top tip for this week is read that book
0: he also wrote a book called The Truth Pixie, which I, I know. haven't read. But uh, is, did you see on the? It's been narrated by Olivia Coleman, yeah, uh, Oscar-winning Olivia Coleman. So yeah. Well, I'm super excited because this podcast is going live on the day that we officially launch Amazing If in Amsterdam, which Woo-hoo. is a very exciting. Moment. I wish I could I know. say something
1: Dutch there. I feel like if I'd have been more organised, do you know Oops. any Dutch? <laughs> I don't but maybe I can learn some while yes. I'm there and good then, idea. then bring it back for you thanks yeah <laughs> I'll do
0: that that can be part of my mission um so yeah if you're listening on the day that this goes live then send the Amsterdam team which is the lovely Joe and Reese, some virtual good luck for our launch event and then they're going to be doing monthly courses in Amsterdam thereafter so yeah very
1: very exciting so part if you're of listening from Amsterdam, Amsterdam I, I hope maybe we have some Amsterdam listeners um well hopefully we will after the launch event as well yeah <laughs> If you're listening, look out. We'll post everything on our Instagram page. So if you want to come along to a workshop, just get in touch or direct messages um, and we'll make sure that you can come along because we would love to meet some new people as we sort of expand our horizons. So
0: this week we're going to be talking about goal setting and specifically what it takes to stick to your goals and how you're more likely to do it. We're going to share some of our stories. We're going to share some different approaches that we really like. And Sarah and I had like an off-microphone conversation about the definition of goal setting. The fun that oh, we yeah, have,
1: the fun that we Oh, yeah, we have such good chats.
0: <laughs> we basically got to. It's basically about the stuff that you want to achieve and whether that is stuff in work or out of work. We really don't need to get kind of much more deeper or philosophical than This is about things that you want to achieve and basically what you need to do to achieve them. And we're going to get into some
1: of those. You will realise that I was the person at the other end of the microphone going, oh, let's talk about the difference between goals and objectives and all the kind of ins and outs. And at that point, Helen went, okay, but this podcast has got to be about 30 minutes. Um, So we stopped chatting about that. And Helen, rightly so, moved us on. I do
0: think a really good conversation for us to start with before we get into our experience is just to kind of set it in a bit of context. So really, like, why is goal setting any more important in a squiggly career than before things got all squiggly? Do you have a perspective on this one, Sarah?
1: Well, actually, I was reflecting almost following that post that I did last week about modern life and just how I was surviving, I think, rather than thriving. I wonder a little bit if within a squiggly career expectations are maybe higher in terms of the goals that we set ourselves because things like social media which at its best I think can be brilliant and certainly for us it's created an amazing and supportive community. It also does show you people's kind of highlights reel and I even find myself doing this you know with the people that we follow on Instagram of which some those people are really incredible and then you're thinking well, why have I not done that thing? Why do I not have a Netflix series, or why do I? Not, why why <laughs> am I not? speaking on a stage in front of millions of people I'm not sure I want either of those are things they the, are they the sort of thoughts that you've had today I was they're quite no, big thoughts yeah, they are quite big. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking no but I do wonder whether almost like the transparency of some of the brilliant things that people are doing and you often only see those bits makes you think wow I should be setting myself more goals or doing more things which I'm not sure is always right but I think that probably is contributing to this idea of I must set goals and I must be constantly achieving goals I think probably that combined and actually it's really relevant with the book I mentioned notes on a nervous planet with this feeling that we all have so much to do that I think we place a lot of pressure on ourselves to always be kind of doing more producing more making more and that almost feeling like time is against us mm-hmm. um and so I think within the squiggly career because there is so much variety And this kind of portfolio nature of work is becoming much more the way that we work. Whether you're in one job doing multiple projects or a number of jobs with a number of different things, it essentially means that naturally we are being kind of forced or choosing sometimes, I think, to work in a less focused way. And I think when you're very focused and maybe only doing one thing, you can have one very specific goal and then that's quite easy to keep your mind on and you kind of know exactly what you're doing. Whereas when you've got loads of interesting stuff and that can be really exciting and really creative perhaps that makes it tougher to work out what your goal should be I was reflecting on um, sports teams and for sports teams they often have a such a clear goal because it's to win whatever is the kind of pinnacle of what it is they're trying to do so whether it's to win a league or to win a gold medal at the Olympics there's that book does it make the boat go faster which is written by a guy who I think rode in the Olympics and. It was like their goal was just everything that they did was all about does it make the boat go faster? So it was so pointed because everything they were doing was just on that one activity. So I just wonder whether the almost like this is the nature of a squiggly career means we have to work a bit harder on what goals to set and then how to achieve them and maybe even when you've set the goals because we're all trying to do more in that
0: context it plays into something I found that psychologists principle they call goal competition and it's one of the biggest barriers apparently to achieving your goals which is where Mm. you almost have too many um and and you're not realistic about the trade-off so you're like I want to achieve this and this and this I think I do this actually personally so set too many goals and then you're not realistic about actually what you might need to trade off in order to achieve those things Mm. and you have this really unhelpful thing called goal competition going on where they're basically all competing with the time and attention and pulling your focus away from achieving an individual goal in a really
1: unhelpful way. Do you know when you said "goal competition"? Do you know what I first thought about there? Some I thought sports things. Well, no, I just thought you meant as in you compete with other people to achieve your no, goals. No, no, I don't have that, do I? Run your race, race. That's my what, life quote. Well, I know, you, I know, you wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying that's the first thing I thought of because I'm competitive. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, people are not achieving their goals because you know they're too focused on like beating other people. And you were like, that no, no, so no. Funny. it's about having multiple goals, which I can actually can really see how you and I would interpret that phrase in very different oh, ways. Well so funny okay then so um you're kind
0: of a week in the life of sarah then where where Mm -hmm. does goal setting show up in what you do i think i love a goal
1: i'm so you can compete with someone else's or just independently uh, well i think i've got so one of my values is achievement and i think achieving goals is one way that you can kind of live that value and that feels kind of very meaningful to me And, uh, yeah, I think because I'm competitive and I kind of like to win, even whatever winning kind of looks like. But I think in an an average week, and I think probably my approach to goal setting has changed quite a lot over the last five or six years, at work in the um, creative agency I work in, we actually use something called OKRs, which stands for Objectives and Key Results, And actually, there's some brilliant free resources on OKRs because um, Google, helpfully, have pioneered this approach. So we'll make sure that we include the website, which talks a lot about OKRs, how you can use them, how to set them. But essentially, it's an alternative to key performance indicators. And the idea is that you just set two or three pretty ambitious objectives, ideally as an individual, but also combining as a team. So you're working out what do you need to achieve, but also what do you need to achieve as part of the kind of team that you're part of and the company that you're part of and then you're very specific about the key results which I guess is how you will know whether you've succeeded so the objective is more what you want to do within your kind of role so what am I actually trying to achieve and then the key results are how will I know when I've got there because the objectives tend to be kind of bigger sort of loftier statements and this is the first time I've ever used that as a kind of system it's something that we've kind of introduced and there was nothing we replaced we've kind of introduced it from scratch and what I'm finding is that it's really good because to your point about goal competition, we're encouraging people to have no more than three objectives mm. broadly across a year. And we're saying it's absolutely fine if you achieve an objective before a year, then you know you can make it more ambitious or you can reset an objective. These things are not set in stone. The process of writing your own OKRs has really helped me to clarify, am I spending my time doing the right things? Am I spending my time in the pursuit of the objectives for my job, to support the company and kind of what we're trying to achieve and almost anything that's periphery to that, just being conscious that that's what it is and that's that can be okay. But is it helping you to move forward in achieving those objectives? It's helped me to be focused and use my time better.
0: Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously Google use it, but I haven't used it before as an approach, lots of goal setting and objective stuff within companies, but never that kind of like OKR template in any of the companies that I've worked in.
1: Yeah, and I think it's actually quite easy to get started with. Mm, Um, And I've seen mm. a couple of other companies. Some of you will know Pip Jameson, who's the founder of The Dots. The Dots use it. She's done quite a few talks about how useful it's been for them as a startup in terms of accelerating their progress. And that they're good at setting really kind of lofty and ambitious goals. And I've heard that other kind of organizations, the kind of tech organizations I know use them. One organization actually we work with use them and share their OKRs completely transparently all with each other so um, and yeah I think it's really nice so it's also a way of you know I think you feel more valued and valuable in your job if you can connect what you're doing with what other people are doing and what you're trying to do together that's often a question you get asked if you ever do like staff surveys or you know engagement surveys is can you connect the dots between what you do and what the organisation as a whole is trying to do. And I think if you can encourage OKRs to be transparent, I think that also helps in terms of goal setting because you understand why you're doing what you're doing, essentially, which it sounds ridiculous, but I've definitely been in jobs before where if you'd said to me, can you tell me why you're doing that or how <laughs> how, how that fits into the bigger organisation, I would have had absolutely no clue. Ask the next
0: question on your list, yes. please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I don't use OKRs. So I think maybe I should try them. I um, made up this thing last year, basically called um, Zoom In, Zoom Out Goal Planning. I didn't realize you made it up. I thought you did. Yeah.
1: Like- oh. Well, oh, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> Just well made up. Thanks for that. Um, so uh, basically, I started this last year. And I found it quite helpful. But I set myself a theme for the last year. So last year, it was about um, setting up the foundations for f- kind of my flexible future. And that was my theme for the whole year. And this year, it's about choose work, choose life, choose happy. It's like my theme for the year. It's all about choice. And so I basically set a theme for the year. So that's as like zoomed out as you can get. And then I gradually zoom in. So I'll say, OK, so each quarter, what would it take for me to progress? And like how does each quarter build on the other? so that by the end of the year I feel like I have like in this example choose life choose work choose happy what would it take each quarter for that to build on each other for me to achieve that and then once I've got that quarter view I then break the quarter down into months and I kind of say okay so if for example it's about in the first quarter choose work means have 10 clients that we work with that I'm truly inspired by and proud to partner if that's what like quarter one looks like then i would say okay so what how does that break down into each month so that i can achieve that and then i'd focus on delivering the month if that makes sense because mm-hmm. i know that if i deliver all of the activities in the month that it all ladders up to the quarter and each quarter ladders up to me being able to achieve the overall zoom out goal so i find it to be a really helpful process for planning I will admit I was a bit better last year at following it than I am this year so I did I did do the work actually in like uh, very early January I think first like week of January I did my zoom in zoom out goal planning for the year but I haven't made the time I think that's where I've fallen down so I'm only going to give myself a five out of ten I haven't made the time to check off each month how I've been progressing which yeah. is I got really good at last year and I think do you know what it's probably that goal competition and the busyness and all that kind of stuff I think that's got in the way a little bit and it hasn't made me me feel like I'm pretty sure I'm achieving lots but it hasn't given me that clarity and that sense of like motivation that I'm progressing towards a bigger goal and I think there's a danger if you haven't got that that it just feels like you're really not I don't say busy it's more than being busy but I'm not sure what all of the work's in service of I'm not sure how it ladders up to this thing I really want to achieve and therefore I don't have the same type of motivation when I feel like I'm progressing against that.
1: So should we talk about some of the approaches that we've found that actually can help you in terms of goal setting? So we've kind of picked a few and we're just going to talk through kind of how they've worked for us and hopefully they'll give you kind of some useful inspiration in terms of your goal setting. So should I kick it off? Yes. So the first one, which I, I hadn't heard of in almost like an official capacity, but you know, when you read <laughs> something and you think that is exactly what I do and, and it really works for me, is aligning your environment to your goals. It's almost making sure that you are giving yourself the best possible chance of succeeding, I think, by being in the right place. So I'll give you a really good example. Last week, we're writing our book at the moment. And I do find that if I come home sometimes and try and write a chapter or write a couple of paragraphs, that that can be quite hard because you get home and then there's you're having dinner and the next true detective is out. It's really easy to kind of get distracted and this might sound quite bizarre last week one day after work I actually got halfway home consciously got off the train so I knew I I was quite close to home by that point got off the train and went and sat in a coffee shop for three quarters of an hour to specifically achieve something that is part of me wanting to kind of achieve a goal of a book that people are actually going to want to read and (laughs) people are going to find useful and it really matters to me that goal does but I was very mindful of my environment wasn't sometimes conducive to helping me make progress. And so I very consciously sort of changed my environment. And then it was amazing. Within 45 minutes, I probably got more done than I would have done in double that amount of time at home. or I would have done the, And probably the quality was also better. And when I was looking into this thing,
0: they also call it choice architecture. Mm -hmm. There's a bit about you can almost do this positively or negatively. So you can make it easy for yourself. So Sarah can go to an environment that she feels more creative in, like a coffee shop or a library or bookshop or whatever, and, and work in that space. That's almost like making it more easy or you can make it almost sometimes like more difficult to do the thing that you don't want to do. So let's say I have a goal that I am not going to watch as much TV, for example, then what I can do, I like this example that I read about, was you could turn the angle of your chairs around, like in your living room, for example, so that they're not facing the TV. (laughs) And so that actually, if you want to watch the TV, it's like this extra hurdle. So you can almost kind of put some barriers in the way or you can make it easier for yourself. So let's take another easy one. If I had a goal of going to the gym more, for example, I could make that easier for myself by laying out all my gym clothes the night before. I have one actually about reading more this year. And so I've created a book club that involves wine because that sort of makes it easier for me and more enjoyable and a bit social at the same time. So I think it's doing it in environments that can enable your goal to kind of be achieved or actually maybe making it more difficult for yourself yeah. if that's a kind of a way.
1: And I think on the more difficult, actually, it's one of the things I talked about on the um, Joy of Work episode with Bruce. This year I've turned off all the notifications for all my different apps and social media platforms, which I have to say has made zero difference in terms of, you know, it's not like I don't miss any of those notifications and it doesn't mean that I miss stuff. But what it does is it stops me almost from spending too much time fitting between different social media things and more time focusing on the things that actually matter to me. So it's also a bit about how you're choosing to spend your time, I think, isn't it? Very much so. So number two then in terms of an approach and a tip we
0: think is really helpful is to set implementation intentions, which sounds very stern. But the reason I like this one is there's some interesting research that backs it up. So some researchers were they use exercise as a bit of a common goal. And what they found is that if you really set um, a very intentional goal, so you include things like the day, the time, the place, like that level of detail behind your goal, people were in this example, two to three times more likely to exercise. So the statement that they got everyone to write down was during, the next week I will do at least 20 minutes of exercise on insert day at insert time in insert place and they got everybody to write that and yet the people that did it were two to three times more likely to do that exercise than the people who didn't actually write that intentional statement and you can apply the same logic to your goals at work. So it's a bit like SMART goals to be honest, which Mm. a lot of people have with a lot of people talked about. I think it's just there's some more current research around it. And it's just if you're going to set yourself a goal whether you do zoom in and zoom out or you do OKRs or whatever you're doing, basically set the intention for what you want to achieve Achieve by adding that level of detail into it.
1: Yeah, do you know what? As you were talking there, I was thinking this is where I would fall down on goals. Once I'm specific, I'm really good, then I'm very motivated at kind of achieving that goal. It's when I have these like vague notions and I think because they are vague notions rather than specific goals and then I get disappointed that they don't get done and it's because I don't really know what I mean or what it looks like so what I like about this is it encourages you I can see this working particularly well with almost like more short-term goals to actually go well I've got a short-term goal this spring or this summer to start doing something differently so be really specific about what that looks like which is um, nice and actually relates really well to point three So point three is actually to think about the systems that you need to put in place to achieve your goal. So I think this is particularly referenced by a guy called James Clear, and we'll put a link to his work in the resources in our blog. What the systems allow you to do is to make progress. So goals really set your direction, but systems actually help you to go, well, these are almost the steps that I'm going to take that will mean I get to that goal a bit like Helen talked about in terms of dividing her month down that's almost her system that's kind of what she's come up with as a way to work out where are you and kind of what needs to happen next I was thinking about what systems I found useful and actually, it's often things where I can see almost like at a glance the progress I'm making and then almost what needs to come next. So whether that's things like Trello, I've actually seen a couple of people where I work use Trello brilliantly. I don't think I've ever cracked in the way that, that they do, but they, they're they able to kind of across all of their goals. Then underneath, they have this kind of system of like what action needs to happen next in pursuit of that goal, and I'm I, in I, envy of that sort. I of know, <laughs> uh, and I've spotted it on a couple of people who I think must have kind of all shared it at work. And I've spotted it on a few people's computer. I've actually, been a bit like, what was what, <laughs> that? This? What, what is it? Tell, tell me more. <laughs> uh, so that Trello is a good example of somebody putting in a system that works for them to make sure that they're then going to achieve results. And I think this is probably sometimes where am my worst because I think I have multiple systems which is not useful so I would use too many different ways of kind of making progress or thinking about the actions I would need to take and this is a squiggly career thing because we're doing multiple things and we both have multiple projects sometimes I don't think I then prioritize the right things and I either do just the thing that i can remember or the thing that i'm maybe most interested in doing or that happens to be just top of the list in terms of the actions of that i've got listed so the bit i feel i've not got a very good system for at the moment is actually prioritizing i sort of know a big long list of all the things that i need to do so i've got a system for that but i haven't got a system for going in what order well, on
0: that point, Sarah, today I interviewed a guy called Graham Orckott, oh, who is didn't the you? founder of Think Productive, and the podcast that is coming out in a few weeks has so
1: solve it loads. for me.
0: Well, yeah, I was like, I said to him on the podcast, I won't, I won't give too much away, but I was like, I've got issues with my inbox, with my calendar, and my to do list. <laughs> Can we please make this podcast entirely about those things, and hopefully, it will help other people. So Brilliant. it might help you. Yes, <laughs> if you could just listen, listen to that in about three weeks' time, and your problem will be solved about uh, kind of prioritisation there we go so the next one for me is about thinking about the beliefs the facts and the habits that might get in your way and i found this from um, the eisenhower website and actually there is a tool that was developed by eisenhower which is like the urgent important matrix which you can also use for kind of prioritizing goals did they do that yeah, Eisenhower did, yeah, yeah. Particularly yeah, if you've got about a goal that. competition going on. And on the website talks about actually it's useful when you set your goals, actually being a bit realistic that it's not as easy as just setting them and things magically happen. It is worth actually thinking about, as well as we talked about the external environment that might make it more likely for you to achieve those, think about your kind of internal environment, your habits, your beliefs and of facts or assumptions that you're making that might get in your way. So for an example, beliefs might sound like... Um, um, oh, you know, I, I would do that thing if only I had more time, or well, if only I had uh, some more money, I'd be able to do that course that was one of my goals that I wanted to do. So actually, just mm. almost just objectively capturing all the beliefs that you are holding about that goal and then also any facts like actually what do I know about this so maybe there's a hard deadline that is a certain fact and it's not an assumption you know that the book has to be handed on this day or this project has to be <laughs> finished yeah, on this day, me. or whatever yeah so there are there are facts and there are assumptions and be very clear about the facts and the last thing is to be really honest about any habits that might get in your way so for example maybe you've got a habit of procrastination maybe you've got a habit of being attracted by like the shiny object on your to-do list rather than the thing that's the most important thing to do, but just thinking about what habits might serve you. Maybe as well, um, a negative habit might be, oh, I whenever I don't want to do something, I spend loads of time on Instagram and I just flick through. But writing down all the habits that you think might get in your way. And then at least you've got some clarity on some things that you might need to get to grips with so that you can almost create your internal environment and make some changes so that
1: you're more likely to set that goal up for success. And then our final one, so this is kind of number five in terms of ideas to help you with your goals, is to keep a record of how you're progressing. And I think because the majority of goals that we have usually require quite a significant change from where we are today, I think if we just go, oh, I hope that at some point this year (laughs) we're going to write our book, if we'd have just done that, then... You might make some progress when you sort of remember or you're not, you almost don't recognise and acknowledge the kind of achievements along the way. You know, you see this when people are doing things like training for marathons that actually some people train for marathons having never run before. And so actually the first time they run 5k is a really big achievement. The first time they run probably for more than an hour is a really big achievement. That's like a real mental block for me running for more than an hour. I don't Um, think I've ever, no, I I know I've never run for an hour. So yeah, that's definitely definitely more than a mental block. And actually I had this exact conversation today at work where I was talking to somebody who works with me on kind of the people side of stuff and we were talking about lots of the goals that we've got together are quite long term or they're going to take probably three, six, nine months in terms of to kind of achieve them and we talked about what we're going to do is at the end of every month talk about the thing that we're really proud that we've made happen and then maybe... Was there anything that kind of surprised us, you know, an extra little quick win or a little surprising win that we just hadn't anticipated? Mm. And we're going to do that both reflecting back on the previous month, but also looking forward to the month, the next month to then sort of, again, work out almost this point on prioritizing is are we progressing the right things at the right pace to be able to ultimately achieve the goals that we've got in mind? Um, So I think it just helps you to be a bit more discerning. I think you start to then realise, okay, there's this thing that just isn't really going anywhere. Why not? It started today, even just having this conversation, we both started to really challenge, well, what's getting in our way? What's the real issue here? What's the real root cause? What else do we need to do? What do we need to try doing differently? Because sometimes you sort of think, oh, we've sort of tried that, and, you know, it kind of keeps mooching along almost but sometimes things need more of a concerted effort to actually make progress towards the goal so I think recording your goals and achievements whether it's just for yourself or whether it is with your team or with someone else just keeps you motivated in terms of that you know that you are making progress and that you know yes sometimes you might have a kind of step back but that ultimately you're making more steps forward than you are steps back
0: I used to work with somebody who used to have this notebook. Well, it was just just a normal notebook. But in the back of the notebook, she used to capture like every month all the things that she'd achieved. And some of it was personal, some of it was professional. But it was just like a little capture, like a really positive thing that she'd look back on at the end of the year. And I always thought that was quite a nice habit that I've actually never got around to uh, copying, but always stuck with me. And actually on the conversation of the theme of conversations about goals today. I had one with somebody that you were like, um, a lovely person we both know called Kate. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm talking about goal setting tonight. Have you got any tips on goal setting? <laughs> I like that. Like around so, to, like, I just basically, the podcast. <laughs> I just source people's ideas. Uh, but she said, oh, I have actually. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Because I haven't thought about it yet. So if <laughs> you, you can help me. But she said um, in her organisation, they have the In Your Wildest Dream goal. So they oh. set their objectives. And then their manager also challenges them to also write Uh, in your wildest dreams goal so that you can get just almost like a little bit more bigger picture thinking about what you'd like to achieve and then at least you can have a conversation about that thing which might be so good i know i really liked it as well do you know have you thought about it did it make you think oh Oh, well in my wildest dream um oh i don't know sarah they've got i haven't thought about it yet in terms of this year do you
1: think you need to ground it in this year
0: Okay, this year, I would love us to be on a TED stage by the end of the year, stood side by side, talking about squiggly careers. That would be, uh, if we have got a big squiggle behind us and I was talking with you on a TED stage, that'd be very, that
1: would be in my wildest dreams this year. That'd be lovely. That'd be good. I think mine for my other job, when I, obviously <laughs> I obviously have the same Amazing <laughs> If one, but for, in my <laughs> other job... I was just thinking as you were chatting then would probably be to be featured in you know the top 100 places to work in the Sunday Times yes yeah that'd be amazing and you know I feel like the companies that do that you know have been investing lots of time and energy probably for longer certainly than I have in those things but if you're going Wildest Dreams I think that would make me super proud.
0: Yeah, I think I thought it's a it was just such a, nice, I love it's a good it. question. And then at least, you know, it just sparks a conversation, doesn't it? About what motivates people, maybe, and um, helps you to connect with people slightly differently. I'm so differently. stealing that question. <laughs> Thank Kate, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is it for this week. Maybe just a real quick recap of those five things that we talked about. Um, so we talked about aligning your environment to your goals, setting implementation intentions, developing goals and systems thinking about the beliefs and facts and habits that might get in your way. And finally, keeping a record of your goals and achievements. And that sixth one, maybe having like the in your wildest dreams goal as part of your (laughs) goal thinking. As we said, head over to amazingif.com, you'll find all of the links to the things that we've mentioned. So there's stuff from Google, for example, on OKRs. James Clear has an awesome article on goal setting which has so many different links in it Ooh. to different techniques it's really good like loads of different techniques that we haven't gone through and haven't had time to but definitely head there and um, there's also a really nice ted playlist on goal setting as well with some quite short little snippets of people talking about goal setting which i quite liked and something we've not mentioned actually tony robbins who is big us motivational speaker he has a ted talk on why we do what we do which gets into the almost like our personal drivers behind the motivational to achieve our goals and we've not really gone into that but that might be interesting to you if you want to do any more further looking into goal setting
1: so thank you as ever for listening uh, we know lots of you recommend the podcast to other people and take the time to rate it and share it we really appreciate it and we love getting your feedback if you want to get in touch with us we're on instagram at amazing if we're on twitter at amazing underscore if or you can just find us on LinkedIn. I don't think it's too difficult to find us now. Uh, Given (laughs) Helen does a daily careers tip on Instagram and on LinkedIn now, you know, you can get inspiration, basically whichever platform you decide to use. But please do continue to rate us if you're thinking that's the one thing you've not quite got around to doing. Um, We'd love it, if you did. (laughs) We love it. And we do read every comment. We will respond to every message. We we love hearing from you. So it's always nice to not feel like you're just in a vacuum of us both. I think actually probably only I'm in my pyjamas right now. You're not in your pyjamas, are you? You usually yeah, look I mean, I mean, I'm,
0: I'm in quite yeah. a nice skirt and a top with a necklace right. on. I'm all good.
1: <laughs> we are recording this quite late at night, so Helen still looks like she's at work. I've got my pyjamas on. Um, but it's nice to know that it's not just us talking to each other in our pyjamas and work clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and next week we're going to be talking about a subject that I'm really fascinated about, which is about done being better than perfect. So how to overcome kind of perfectionism at work which I'm sure we all have those kind of moments where you want things to be really perfect, but how do you make the call when you just need to kind of make some progress? So I think there'll be some kind of fascinating psychology around when do we fall into this trap? What causes it? Things like not wanting to make mistakes, etc. So I think it will be a really good one to listen to. So thanks again for listening this week and we'll speak to you next week. Bye for now. Bye.